Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another DIY Money. DIY Money. I love it. All right. It's good to be back. We uh, got away from the listener questions last week. <sighs> Reality is we were out of town for July 4th. But it's time to hit them again. If you're new to the show, welcome. We are growing by leaps and bounds. I love it. Share the podcast with your friends. Give us a five-star review. Write a note. Send a comment. Whatever the case may be. But the format of the show, most of the time, is pretty simple. We take listener questions. How do we do that? On your smartphone. Side note, if you have an Android, let me know how you do this. Like, send us an email and say, hey, guys, this is how you do it on an Android phone so we can describe. I only tell people how to do it on an iPhone because I don't have an Android. Neither does Daniel. But on an iPhone, it's real simple. Go to Voice Memos. Record your wonderful question. Hey, Quentin Daniel, this is Bob from Poughkeepsie. I want to talk about stocks, whatever the case may be. Boom. Get done with that. Send it. You can literally hit the send button via email. So click on the little email. Now, if your phone's not set up for email, it's going to be a problem. I guess you could text it to someone else. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, send it via email to podcast at DIYmoney.org. Podcast at DIYmoney.org. We will get that. And uh, the inbox is filling up, which we love. We will filter through those, and we will pick one out each week, or twice a week, I guess now, uh, and we'll air it on the show, we'll answer it, and then we will send you $25 Amazon gift card. It's getting a little harder to get selected. Uh, If your question is good, we'll certainly use it. Um, But in the beginning, the first few weeks, we were like, you know, trickling in one here, one there, and it was the easiest $25 you ever made. So if your question is intriguing and we can use it, we will. We'll send you a $25 e-gift certificate to your email uh, through Amazon, and boom, life will be good. All right, today's listener question, hit us with it. Hey, Quentin Daniel, this is loyal listener Tim Bickle from the great city of Lexington, Kentucky. So my question is just pertaining to, you know, handling of your every two-week paycheck or monthly paycheck, however you get paid. Um, So right now... The way that I manage my funds is as soon as I get my direct deposit from work, I immediately put aside, you know, X many dollars to dedicate to rent each week. First thing, that's what comes out. And then I also take a little bit of whatever's left over in the account from the last pay period and put it into what I have labeled as just a fun account. Is there any other accounts you think might be wise to manage money and set things aside or do you think having multiple accounts is wise? What is your all's approach when it comes to just setting aside pots of money for various uses and needs? Boom, Tim Bickle. You notice how he dropped the loyal listener in there? Very loyal, I I'm guess. not going to say that that got him to the top of the list, but it didn't hurt. All right, Tim Bickle from Lexington. This is a question right in Daniel's wheelhouse. I think we probably approach this similarly, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, Daniel's probably a lot more efficient with it than I am. 
So I'll let him drop some knowledge on uh, how he and his lovely bride handle it, and then I'll tell you how I handle it. Knowledge is power. I know what I know. So in a roundabout way, what we're talking about here is kind of the cash envelope system that Dave Ramsey talks about, i.e. you have you know this amount for uh, this particular purpose. Now, I think Dave Ramsey specifically is talking about that in regards to budgeting. So you have, you know, a cash envelope with eating out. You have a cash envelope for utilities, et cetera. You put cash in there, you spend it as you need and, and so forth. But, uh, the, the sort of speed bump in that plan is sometimes those longer term expenses. Now I've gone sort of both ways on this. So we've, uh, in the past had, you know, a, a savings or checking account for, you know, every little item. So, uh, car maintenance or purchasing a car or, uh, whatever, uh, those things, you know, vacation, uh, coming up in the next year or two. And we sort of segmented out that way. But what I found eventually was, uh, having those all separated in different accounts can just get into a lot of minutia and you're just having to, uh, set up direct deposit or send money between account, uh, all the time and so forth. And so what we eventually landed on and it operates on the surface very similarly, but you actually only have one spending account. And so it makes things a little bit more uh, simple, if you will. And that's not a play on words, but we eventually, uh, my wife and I moved to what is called Simple Bank. And uh, Simple Bank is actually an app uh, more than a bank. They use an underlying bank custodian, but it's a basically an app that works on top of a, uh, a bank. And what it does is it segments out that account into essentially cash envelopes. And so we dump most of our money into this particular uh, bank app. And then you can basically say, uh, I want to create this envelope or goal uh, is what they call it. And I want to accrue this much to it. You can have your basic spending account, which is not really a goal uh, or anything. It just uh, is where it kind of money holds for spending and so forth. Can I ask a question? This yeah. is really intriguing. Um, and so this simple bank app, is mm-hmm. it, do you then give access to this bank, like it's, let's say I have a Chase account, does, yep. it, does it then do I give it access to my Chase account? So we link it to our bank account to move money into it, but it is literally a bank. So it is an account that you hold. Now, the reason why I say that Simple is not the actual bank is because so Simple Bank is the name of it, and that's the bank and the app. But really, Simple Bank has partnered with an underlying bank. I think it's BVA Bank. Uh, so that's the actual bank you're banking with, uh, and Simple is the app on top of that that you're working with. But you can't basically use Simple and a Chase account or Simple and a Wells Fargo account. You have to so it's an put actual, your money. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an actual account. You move money into it. But yep. then the um, the actual app allows you to sort of virtually kind of handle this, right? Yeah. And so there's some interesting features. Let me pull up uh, our current Simple Bank app here and see what's going on. I got to move my face away from the microphone for Face ID. Hang I on. think it's fascinating looking up uh, Simple Bank, uh, American Direct Bank based in Portland, uh, FDIC insured uh, the, the Bank Corp. It's in partnership with the Bank Corp and BBVA USA. If you're not familiar with BBVA, Banco Bilboa Visaya. Argentina. Yeah. It's an Argentinian bank. Cool. Interesting. Oh, I mean, it's fascinating. I've not known anything about that. But anyways, keep going. I get the general premise. I just didn't know if it was an actual bank or, mm-hmm. or a layer of Yeah, and to be fair, we don't keep like our life savings at this bank. So, 
you know, you're mentioning it's it's not a J.P. Morgan or Wells. We don't. How keep, do you find these things? You find these things. I'm telling you, you need a tech newsletter. You drive me nuts with this stuff. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, uh, looking at sort of our bank right now, uh, th- the way that this, this is segmented out is we dump some money in here and whatever we don't assign to a goal is called safe to spend. And, that, and that's what they call it. OK, that's what we can spend without tapping into any of our goals. And then uh, my wonderful wife has set up a couple different uh, goals or cash envelopes, if you will. And uh, we've got basically general spending. That's the large items that come up, you know, every month or two or three months that you don't really ever budget or plan for. But they just they come up. Uh, That might be clothes and things like that. We've got groceries. She kind of budgets out each week of groceries so we don't uh, overspend any particular week, date nights, et cetera. And so she's got these in, in different goals and envelopes. And we basically, you know, we decided where we want to go. You can also automate uh, so you can move X amount every day or week from your, your just general spending account into these. Now, the cool thing I like is they actually have a uh, 2.02% savings account uh, paired with this. And you can actually basically set up your emergency fund in here. And what will happen is even though all of this is connected in one account into one debit card, if you put it into the emergency fund portion of your simple bank, if you go to run your debit card and there's money in the emergency account, but not in your safe to spend or goals or whatever, that that transaction will actually get declined. You have to move it mentally and physically out of your uh, your emergency account back into uh, your spending account. And that, that'll help people who sort of just swipe that card without thinking and, you know, might typically spend their emergency account on a latte or so forth. Now, to be fair, we do have set up uh, at a completely separate bank, so we don't even see it. We don't even think about it. Money gets direct deposited out of our paychecks into it uh, because we're only going to use it about every five or six years. That's our car purchase account, okay? So we uh, talked about in a couple episodes ago, saving for a large purchase that a long time, not a long time ago, uh, maybe five years ago, we paid off five, six years ago, we paid off a car. And then we've tried to basically save up for a car uh, with cash, uh, pay cash for that car each time by continuing to make a car payment. So at a completely separate bank, uh, in this case, it's Ally Bank, we've just had that account open for a long time. So we've left it there. They're paying 2.1% now, I think on savings. Uh, Not an advertisement for them, but just where we hold it. Uh, direct deposit right out of our check, just like it's a 401k or something, goes into that savings account. Uh, any car maintenance that we have to pay for comes out of there. And then when that account is equal to basically uh, the car that we want to buy at some point, then we go ahead and cash out that account. We go down to the dealership. We buy the car. Okay, seriously, though, all right. is it all right if we buy the car with those pennies? Yeah, that's fine. Is it really? Uh, we yeah. say, nope, that's don't fine. need to talk to your financing arm, etc. So uh, that would be the only exception. If you're saving for a very long-term thing, but not long enough like retirement or education to where you want to expose it to the stock market risk, I would just dump it into an account that you barely ever log into. And then you check it every year or two and go, hey, am I any closer to my goal? Do I need to adjust this, et cetera? All right. Uh, I love this. And here's why. What this is a glimpse into is different tools for different personality traits. And this is one of the reasons why these overarching budgeting apps, I've never found one that works for me because while I subscribe to some general, you know, tech tech type things in in you know certain instances in other instances i can't do that so i am intrigued and and uh i actually fascinated by the simple bank 
process and and listening to you know Daniel talk about how Ashley you know puts money in a one area for groceries and all the rest of this stuff. Um, I don't ever see me personally doing that because that's I, that's not going to be my personality. Now, probably because I found a system that works for me uh, prior to when these apps and these things were you know in play. And I'm a creature of habit and I'm not going to change and that's okay. So let me explain to him how I do mine. It's a little bit different. Um, first and foremost, I, uh, and actually, uh, one of the things I was doing this morning was updating this. I keep a, a physical and Daniel might do this too, but he, and I'll, I'll show you how I separate some things out. I keep a, uh, a physical in, in Google sheets, which is what I use theoretically to share it with my wife. I don't know how often she logs in and looks at it, but whatever. Um, not bitter about that either. That sounded bad. I'm totally not. Uh, but I do keep it on there. Also, I can bounce between computers. I keep a check ledger. So everything that we spend out of our checkbook, our debit account, uh, which is obviously pay comes in. I pay various things. I write on this check ledger. Now, I use this to know exactly what's in my bank account at all times. And I found that that was a critical piece. I was, I, over the years in budget counseling people and so forth and taking them through my system, one system, just one system, but my system that's worked for me, I found that they were not as connected to it as I was. And I couldn't figure out why. And then it dawned on me. I said, how are you checking your bank balance? Well, we just log into the app or we log in, you know, we just, we get literally the ATM slip. And I'm saying, well, what about checks you've written? Now, some people go, well, why would you write a check? Well, newsflash, you got kids. You're going to, you know, I got a check outstanding from April 25th to my kids' PTO for $20. They have not cashed it. It's still sitting on my check ledger, right? How would I know that that, that was, you know, basically needed to be accrued out of my account if I wasn't keeping track of it in some form? It's not showing up on my bank balance. They're not, I guess I could have put in all their information, sent them electronic check, whatever it wasn't. I think my wife brought home the paper. She needed to send it, wrote a check, 20 bucks, sent it in with the teacher. Boom, still not being cashed. But if I didn't keep track of that somewhere, then I wouldn't know when or what my real balance was. Now it's $20 should make that much of a difference, but I've got a donation check sitting out here. It's much larger. They have not cashed that. That's from June 24th. Here we are, July 11th. Uh, and, and that's one that if I didn't keep track of that and then all of a sudden they cashed it and I didn't was, you know, let's say I'd forgotten and I'd be like, oh my goodness. So I keep a check ledger on one of the tabs of my Google sheet on the third tab. I'll tell you what the second one is in a second. Um, the third tab, I keep my overall budget. My budget is where I manually, and this is where Daniel and others would probably cringe, but I manually put in what I have been spending for that month in my actual budget line item. So for example, if you look at, you know, if you can conceptualize a, a series of boxes, I have all of my expenses on the left-hand side. So I, I'm looking at them right now. Tithe, accrued annual expenses, which we're going to talk about. My son's ABLE account. Remember that podcast? My, my youngest son, some special needs. I accrue a, a larger amount of money for him than my other two kids. Um, into an ABLE account, so it's protected. Uh, I have savings for my kids. I have my internet cost, some allowance, entertainment. Then I have variable expenses, groceries, lawn care. Yes, I don't do my own lawn. Electric, 
uh, water, uh, natural gas, auto gas, et cetera. Okay. Then I have the projected amount. So what I'm expected to spend on that each month. And then the third column is my actual amount. So how much I've been spending as I spend, whether it's groceries, whether it's eating out, whether it's et cetera, whatever, I will add that to my actual column so that I know how much of the difference I still can spend. So for example, it's July the 11th and we have spent $72.48 on our overall entertainment and eating out budget. So I have allocated $300 for that. So I know that I can spend $227.52 the rest of the month on eating out. Okay, so that's how I budget. That's how I budget my numbers. And again, I'm happy to, you know, I, I need to find a way to kind of put this online or something like that. But that's how I budget. Now, getting back to your question, Tim, I have, I do not do it as efficient as Daniel, not even close. Uh, I will physically move money to various different accounts, sometimes at different banks. Okay. So, for example, each month I accrue a total of $1,000. Now, that's a lot, but I have a lot of accruals. I accrue $1,000, so $500 every two weeks that I put into a Schwab investment account that I don't invest. <laughs> okay. Why I put it there, I could put it in a Capital One. I probably should put it in a Capital One. It pays me better interest. But long ago, I set up another account at our Charles Schwab, which is where I have all my investment accounts, and I sweep over $500 every two weeks. I don't invest it, and that builds up the accruals that I need for my annual expenses. And what are those? I'm looking at them. Homeowner's insurance, property taxes, auto insurance, uh, life insurance, and auto registration. Uh, and my annual lawn treatment, like my uh, pest control and stuff. It's a lot. I don't know why it's so much. I need to look into that. Anyways, um, so I look at that and I say, okay, this over the course of a year is this total amount divided by 12. I need to put in $1,000 a month. So $500 every two weeks, I sweep over to that account. And I just got my car registration and I got it and I know, okay, it's going to be whatever it is. I don't even know. I'm going to sweep that back from my Schwab to my checking account. I'm going to write the check. That's account number one where I put all accruals together. Account number two is Christmas budget. A couple thousand bucks every year, $2,000. I give my wife complete control. She does the entire Christmas everything. She does the purchasing. She does the whole nine yards. Okay. So I basically take $200 a month. And I sweep it over to her Chase Liquid account. It's a separate like savings account. It's kind of got a debit card attached to it, whatever. I sweep that over to her along with her allowance. So she has a separate account where she can just blow money. So I sweep that over to her account as well. Um, the only other uh, sweep that I do is when I want to start accruing, let's say we are planning a vacation or something along those lines. Uh, and I say, okay, I'm going to budget X for the, for the vacation. I will often sweep that out of the checking account into, I have another Capital One account, and I let it sit there earning a couple of percentage points interest. And I let that, it's also combined with our emergency fund. I let that sit there uh, 
I want it out of my checking account. I do not want to see it. I want it out. So that's the only other account that I sweep things out of. But I think in getting what you were originally saying, you know, where do you put your rent or put that? I do it sort of virtually in in the same account, but I do it on my budget page. And then that's the only other areas, the accruals, uh, my my wife for the annual Christmas or holiday expense, and then finally for major purchases that goes into the same account we use for our emergency fund. Great question, Tim. Anything else to add to that, Daniel? I think you touched on it. Basically find a method that works for you and don't overcomplicate it. Otherwise, you'll just get frustrated. And I, I think the process, so why do we do this? I, I think it's that we do this so that it can immediately be allocated there. So whether you're investing or saving or whatever you're doing, you, you, Dave Ramsey's core principle, I think, is phenomenal. And that is allocate every penny that comes in. Allocate it all. If you have anything left over, which is ultimately what will create wealth, right? You want to use that to be paying down. There's steps there. There's, you know, fast cash, emergency fund, and then paying off debt. Those are the various steps. But once those things are done, then that excess surplus is what goes into the investment account to start building up and creating wealth. But when you get compensation, when you get pay, you should allocate it out, whether it's virtually, whether it's in separate bank accounts, whether it's in separate, uh, you know, layered bank, I don't know, wherever it is, get it out. Get it out so it's allocated so you don't just blow it. That's the key. Great question, Tim. Uh, Derek will be shooting you that $25 E gift certificate from Amazon. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do it for a long time. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.